bridge Let's travel the world together She can make it easy and in any kind of weather No TSA, no bad checks, no patting down She's talking from the skies and sending lots of feel-good sounds Oh, Betty, in the sky, have you heard her yet? She loves traveling, there's no doubt Betty and the Jets Oh, she's weird and wonderful Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen She's wearing high heel shoes Got her wings on too You know I've never seen a better stew Oh, Betty and the Jets Hello and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase I'm Betty I'm a flight attendant for a major airline, and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots, and from traveling around the world. This episode is slightly shorter than normal because I had to record it early because I'm going to Portugal. So I had a decision to make to either do it early and have it be, you know, a little shorter, like petite. So on time and petite or late and full length. So I decided to go short and petite. So uh, hopefully next episode we'll have some good stories from Portugal. This episode has stories about butts, skateboards, toilet paper, synchronized serving, gander, and bono. The music for this episode I recorded on the street in Madrid. Let's get on with the show. This comes from a listener who prefers me not to say her name, which is totally understandable. And you know, the other thing is I get what depends on what's going on with me and how many projects I have going on or if I'm traveling. Sometimes I get emails and I have every intention of writing back, but I just don't get to it. And then all of a sudden they're so far down on my email list that, you know, and then every once in a while I'll go back and say, I need to like scroll down there. I think there, I had some down there that some emails down there that I did not respond to. So I apologize in advance if you guys ever end up as one of those emails, but this is one of the ones I went back and retrieved. So she said, after almost 27 years of flying, this was a first for me. So I'm working a flight from Portland, Oregon to Washington, D.C. I had already noticed this lady in the terminal picked up some weird vibes off her, but then I didn't pay too much attention. But it is interesting that as flight attendants, we are pretty good at, um, you know, like, noting like noted odd lady (laughs) you know (laughs) i got my eyes on you so about two-thirds of the way into the flight she comes up to my first class galley even though she's sitting in economy holding a glass and a can of sparkling water she tries to hand it to me but says something like i have to throw it out but there was something off about this and i couldn't put my finger on it then i figure out she was trying to tell me that she had brushed her teeth at her seat and spit everything back in the can. And I'm already thinking, what the heck? But I say nothing and throw the whole thing out. But then I realize she's holding a thick wad of paper towels in her hand. Before I can stop her, she moves further into my galley, tells me she has to do this, reaches under her flowy skirt, and before I can stop her, conscientiously wipes her private area with the paper towels. I am floored and speechless. And if you knew me at all, you know that this is a rarity. 
I really want to tell her to go into the lavatory, but my mouth wouldn't work. So I was hoping that my group of little retired female library teachers in the first row weren't watching this. She finishes wiping her private area and reaches to throw it away in the trash compartment in the galley, where I make food and drinks for my passengers. I finally got my voice back and loudly said, no, that needs to go in the trash in the bathroom. And actually, you need to do all of this in the bathroom. I swear, she just looked at me and went, meh. (laughs) I've told many stories on the podcast about commuting to work because, you know, you're in your uniform and the passengers can't tell you're not working. How are they supposed to know if you're working or not? You're on the plane and you're in your uniform. And I don't fault them for that because how are they, how in the world would they know? that I'm not working that flight. And so this other flight attendant was saying that she was commuting to work from Florida and uh, she had gotten on before all the other passengers. She's in her uniform and she went in the bathroom in the back. uh, and The rest of them were up front because they haven't started boarding and uh, she got locked in the lavatory. She can't get out. And she's thinking, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I, I can't believe. And she was like on the door going, hello, hello out there. I'm stuck in here. I can't get out, hello. You know, but they're in front of the plane. They can't hear her. She doesn't want to have to be stuck in there when the passengers are on. So she doesn't know what to do. She doesn't have any choice. And she just thought, okay, I'm going to have to hit the call bell, you know, ding dong. <laughs> and the flight attendants who were working the flight were thinking, well, there's nobody on there. There can't be a passenger call. Like, so they ignore it. And then she's, you know, like five minutes later, she's like, oh, gosh, you know, i got to hit it again. Ding dong. <laughs> again, they don't come. Because there's no passengers. How can a passenger need something? You know, they probably even forgot she was back there. You know, our goal as the jump seater is to kind of be, you know, not seen and not heard. You know, like you're just kind of try to blend in. Sometimes I'll go in the bathroom with my cell phone and read, you know, emails or whatever just to get out of the way. And uh, so anyway, she finally, after the third ding dong, they finally were like, what's going on? She's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm stuck in the bathroom. But she said on that same flight, she's standing back there and they're ready to shut the door. They're ready to move. And there's a guy in the bathroom. She's standing back there with the other flight attendant who's working the flight. And, uh, you know, she was wondering, well, you know, I hope he's not getting stuck in there. So, you know, they're knocking on the door, you know, hello, we got a hello. It's time to push back. We're waiting on you. Hello. Um, and she's thinking, I hope you're not stuck. And uh, he comes out and he said, real loud, so they could hear, so all the passengers could hear. And he goes, uh, I'm sorry, I had to take a crap. <laughs> There's this uh, really handsome, very fit, very muscular, and dresses really nice uh, air marshal. And I, I've had him on the plane like, I don't know, five times. So, uh, you know, familiar with him. And uh, I'm doing my little cleaning of the labs. I kind of like cleaning the bathrooms. I know that's a weird thing to say. But, you know, it's like you're accomplishing something. <laughs> and they do get dirty. You know, I have all my gloves on and everything. So after I wipe down the counter, I put the, uh, it's like a, you know, cleaning wipe. I put it on the floor and I use my foot to clean the bathroom floor. And then I have my butt in the air and the door's open because, you know, it's small in there. And I'm picking up uh, with the glove, I'm picking up the wipe. And then this good looking muscular <laughs> air marshal goes, do you need help? <laughs> I don't think he knew what I was doing. All he saw was my butt in the air with the door open. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, I'm fine. So what happened? 
Well, we were working in the galley together, and Michelle, I said, Michelle, I bought this hand lotion, and I'm wiping it on my hands. I said, I don't really like it because it's kind of, I bought it from Germany when we were in Germany, and I don't know how to read German. Right. So I was rubbing it on, and I said, look, it's kind of sticky. It doesn't really <laughs> absorb in my hands. And she said, let me see it. And I showed it to her. She says, toothpaste. <laughs> <laughs> I about fell on the floor. <laughs> You're rubbing toothpaste on your hands. Yeah, rubbing it in. What's wrong with this? <laughs> Something's wrong. I think it's bad. <laughs> so I had a brand new flight attendant on my trip, and uh, it was Munich, and she um, she's been flying a month. And you know, when you've only been flying a month, you don't you don't really understand the game you're in. Uh, she was great flight attendant, uh, perfect. You, you know hardworking, everything. But um, she's a German speaker. And uh, she said, well, you know, I'll probably give up my German qualifications. And I was like, (laughs) so I was trying to make her understand uh, what she would be giving up. Because in her second month, she held her schedule as um, two Berlins and two Zurichs. That's like a 30 year plus schedule and she's in her second month and she's like yeah but I don't want to be doing the same things all the time and I'm like yeah but you know what you'll be doing you'll be in bum f Ohio instead of Berlin (laughs) and I said okay I'm gonna try to make this simple for you okay you just got out of training and uh you because of your hard work and you learned a language uh you have a Mercedes right out of school and the rest of the people in your class they don't isn't they don't even have a a honda or a hyundai or a toyota they don't even have a motorbike or a moped they've got a skateboard (laughs) you've got a mercedes they've got a skateboard and you're thinking well maybe i'll give up my mercedes because i want to do some other things but you'll be giving up a mercedes and getting on a skateboard (laughs) Because, you know, you, you're going to work less. It's like saying to someone who just gets a job that you can, you can only work four days a week and everybody else is working six days a week. And you say, but yeah, I could use, you know, some variety. (laughs) And it's like, you don't understand what you're giving up. You're giving up a Mercedes for a skateboard. I was saying that I like to do little things at work to entertain myself. And um, I think I've already told you that I do this thing. It's funny because I had that new girl recently. And so uh, we had to stand at the front of the cabin while the uh, de- safety demonstration video is on. And, you know, it's really boring just standing there, you know, people looking at you or not looking at you. So um, I had this little thing, and but I... I like to do, but, uh, you know, a new person is always thinking they don't know things. So I say, oh, while you're standing there, what you have to do, and she's very serious. She's like, yes. <laughs> I said, you have to decide who you would sleep with at gunpoint. And she's like, what? I'm like, oh, it makes you look at the passengers, gives you something to do. It's fun. You know, sometimes she'll even pick a woman because the men are so bad. <laughs> well, I do this other thing. And, uh, During boarding, again, just entertaining myself, I kind of, while we're boarding, think of myself as like a casting director for like, you know, the TV show Lost, which was, you know, an airplane 
a group of airplane passengers or a TV show or a movie. And as they're getting on, and it's not necessarily how good looking they are. It's like, you know, if they look like they have charisma or they'd be a good character actor. So I, it goes something like this. They're getting on and I'm thinking in my head, of course, I'm not saying it. Extra, extra, extra. Uh, speaking part, extra, extra star. <laughs> So this flight attendant was telling me that she was playing a joke. Um, she had been real friendly with the pilots. And uh, we, um, when the pilots come in and out of the cockpit, we lock off the bathroom. So um, because it's, it's really hard to get in the bathroom and, you know, they got stuff to do, important things to do in the cockpit. So we lock it off for them. And she said, because um, they were joking with her and all three of the pilots, she was like, guess what? When you lock it off, I'll get in there. So when he opens the door... Uh, you know, I'll be in there and I'll put my hand out and say, I'll be sitting on the toilet and I'll put my hand out and say, hey, can you hand me some more toilet paper? <laughs> so here comes, here she's sitting there, the door opens and she puts her hand out and she said, uh, she's sitting on the toilet, you know, with her pants up, but she's sitting there like you, she's using the toilet and she's like, the, the door opens and she goes, hey, can you hand me some more toilet paper? And it was a passenger. <laughs> and she was like, oh. <laughs> sometimes we're just silly at work just because you know it makes life more fun and you know silly and the day go by faster so this purser in briefing had said she likes uh in coach that the two carts to start at the front of the aisle kind of like synchronized swimming she said just i'm a very visual person and i like i like it to start both carts at the same time and granted lots of times we don't because one side's faster than the other whatever so uh we were trying to you know honor her request so we kept saying are you ready to synchronize swim so then we get up to the front of the cabin <laughs> and I go I put my arms up kind of like a ballerina like we're gonna synchronize swim so the other girl on the other cart put her arms up too none of the passengers noticed but we were we were doing our synchronized swimming beverage cart service this flight attendant was telling me that um uh after 9-11 when everything was uh really strict uh, TSA and security that they took her nail file. Now, she was irritated because, you know, certain products you feel attached to or you've spent more money maybe than you should and you like it. And she was like, you know, because in general, you don't want to say anything to those people. You don't want to um, piss them off. Same with uh, going through customs and immigration. You know, basically, you're just like, okay, sure. Thank you. Thank you. But um, they took her beloved nail file and she said what am I gonna do manicure someone to death I'm handing out eye shades and headsets and uh, there's a lady you know she was an older lady she's like a grandma with her grandchild and uh, she's reading what's in her we call it like a travel kit so it has eye shades and um, earplugs and a moist towelette you know clean up oh look there's eyeshadow and earplugs and a towelette and I said eyeshadow <laughs> it's not eyeshadow it's eye shades because you know it'd be strange if we handed out eye shadow like what color would it be you know for the whole people on the plane eyeshadow blue I'd like to thank any of you who were so kind when you were going to buy something on Amazon. You took the time to go to my website, BettyInTheSky.com. You can even bookmark it. Uh, it supports the show. It doesn't cost you anymore. And I like to see what people buy. This month, somebody bought edible vanilla 
erotic massage oil with powerful aphrodisiac and skin care benefits. Wow, that's a lot of benefits for $11.95. And uh, last month I was joking that I thought, I wonder if people actually buy things just so I'll read it on the podcast because there was that animal penis book. (laughs) So I got emailed that said, animal penis book revealed. Betty, I admit, twas I who ordered the animal penis book. It was written by someone I know, so I wanted to buy a copy. Let's just say it had some interesting cartoons in it. So no, it wasn't an attempt just to get you to laugh, but I'm glad it did. Thanks, John from Sydney. And uh, somebody bought my book, The Tar Maker. I know because they reviewed it. Eddie said, uh, great read. This was a fun book to read. The series is great and easy reading when you want something light. I highly recommend this book. That's so nice. And then also, you might want to check out my Patreon if you want some Betty in the Sky goodies. It's www.patreon.com slash Betty in the Sky. Thank you so much. Long time ago, it was in the, I guess, late 80s, early yeah. 90s. I don't, I don't even remember when that. And um, we're going to TriStar. And so we had first class business class and coach. Right. And apparently a lady walked out of the bathroom and grabbed the purser by the, the A-line, we called right. him back then, yeah. by the wrist and said, help me, I'm hemorrhaging, I think I'm going to die. Hemorrhaging she where? A, she was a very young lady, female. Yeah, so... And she had a two-year-old child with her. We were flying to Frankfurt, and we had seven doctors on board going to Turkey for curd relief. Oh my gosh. And they laid her down in first class on the ground. And they packed her full of every piece of gauze they could find on the airplane and any kit, any, the doctor's kits. And we, we uh, dumped 65,000 pounds of fuel and landed in Gander where it was minus 18 degrees. We were on final approach. And I've got her baby in my lap oh my when gosh. she's on oxygen. And... You, on the your doctor, jump seat with the baby? No, I sat in the first oh, class oh, yeah. seat holding the baby. You can't have right. the baby on the right. jump seat. So, and the, the, I had been right. playing with the baby right. and distracting him while the mom was, and the mom was laying there. And was there anybody else with him, or was it just the mother? Just that, the two oh my she was going over to um, Frankfurt to military base to see her husband. Oh. Um, one of the doctors came up to me, and I guess they're very used to having things ready and at hand, and he looked at me. And he said, you don't understand. We have to land right now. And I've got this baby sitting there. And I look at him as a doctor. They're doing everything they can to get this plane on the ground and this lady taken care of. And you've done everything you can. Please go take your seat. We landed. They opened the door. And this huge hydraulic lift whooshed up. And took this lady and the baby. And they were gone. You could have heard a pin drop. Every passenger stayed in their seats. Not one person was upset. Not one person was mad. They were all like, can we do anything? They were so nice. Which is unusual. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know. I mean, sometimes they're like, but I have a connection. Yeah, well, they didn't care. Yeah. And, and, and it was because our, our flight leader was very gracious with her announcement. And she said, ladies and gentlemen, we need your help. We have a passenger who needs your help. And she said, and if it were one of your family members, you'd want yeah. everybody's help. How long were you on the ground at Gander? Not 25 minutes. Really? We, I don't, however long it took to pack a few more pounds of fuel on and get going again. 
Wow. Did, so, you, did you ever find out if she was all right? That was the interesting thing. I, the purser came down the next morning when we picked up in Frankfurt, and she said, I called the hospital. They saved her life. Oh. Wow. Baby was okay. Everything was fine. So, Good doctor, job. doctor in retrospect, the doctor who treated her, she had had a DNC, oh. told her she could fly the next day. Yeah. She wasn't supposed to lift anything heavy. She's got a two-year-old on her hip. So, good job. She's okay. <laughs> she's, I hope she's still okay. <laughs> so, I'm um, in Zurich. I like Zurich. It's nice there. People are nice. That's the place where it sounds like they're saying, Bitsy, Bitsy. I, I do some walks now. People, local people say it. So, I go, Bitsy, but it's Gritsy. It's different than what I'm saying. They always laugh when I respond back bitsy but uh, i'm at the grocery store and there's a whole line of like there was spinach i noticed some other things and it's called betty bossy betty bossy is like a brand in zurich and it's funny because it's like uh bossy betty this male flight attendant was telling me this story from a long time ago he said uh he had this guy in first class and uh they had had a nice rapport and uh finally he got up the nerve to say you know man, you, you really look like Bono. And uh, he said, you, you must get that all the time. And the guy goes, yeah, I get it all the time. So later on, uh, he goes, man, I just can't get over it. It's like, um, you're, you're just like a double for Bono. And he's like, I am Bono. And then this flight attendant was laughing. Ah, ha, ha, ha. Yeah. And I'm the, I'm the, uh, I'm the queen of England. <laughs> and he's like, no, I am Bono. And he's like, ah, ha, 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 yeah, sure. And he's like, no, don't you have like a passenger list or something? I'm Bono. So he goes and he looks at that passenger list because he's in first class. And he comes back and he goes, yeah, you're you're Bono. It says you're Mr. Hewson. And he's like, yeah, that's my real name. Like, I'm going to buy a ticket under the name Bono. Like, my passport. Is my passport going to say Bono? No, it's my real name, which is Paul Hewson. And, uh... <laughs> You know, this was before you had, uh, you know, Google and you didn't have internet in the air. So he didn't know what Bono's real name was. And then finally, one of the other uh, flight tenants was like, oh, yeah, that's Bono. And that's his real name. Uh, and he was like, oh, my God. So we had to go back and go, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I didn't believe you, you know, <laughs> apologizing to Bono. And then Bono started joking with him. And he goes, yeah, well, since you know, since you're the queen of England. I was commuting to work in my jump seat. And of course, you know, I'm, I'm in my uniform. Of course, the passengers would think I'm working. They have no reason to know that I'm not working. and I'm just hitching a ride. And so this kid sitting in the last row and he turns around and he asks me and he goes, hey. And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, why is it pitch white outside? <laughs> why is it pitch white outside is what he asked. And I said, uh, it's the sun. <laughs> He probably heard somebody say pitch black, so he figured there was a pitch white. So I was in Europe, and uh, my international flight was canceled due to what we were told was a quote-unquote rough landing of the inbound crew. So one of our flight attendants was friends with the other inbound crew member who wrote on Facebook, I'm going to wash the glass off and go to bed. And we thought, how witty, I'm going to wash the glass off and go to bed. Well... It turns out that the mechanical problem was where some lights broke and all this glass came shattering down. No one was hurt, but 
she wasn't that witty. She literally had to wash the glass off and go to bed. I got this really nice email from Todd, and he said, Hi, Betty. Well, now I just have to send you a response and a greeting and a thank you. First, I've been listening to your podcast for I don't even know how long, many, many years. It was surely one of my favorites and one that I always want to make sure I have enough time to listen to. Now the amazing part. As you know, because you mentioned it on the podcast, I've been telling my flight attendant neighbor to listen to Betty in the Sky with a suitcase for years and years because I knew that you you both flew the same types of trips and she must have flown with you before because she'd been flying the same international routes for so many years. Every time we saw each other, which was usually around our summer block parties and Christmas parties, I always said, have you listened to Betty yet? And year after years, I was always asking, have you flown with Betty? (laughs) Then the magic happened. It was at my youngest daughter's high school graduation party when I saw her and went over to talk to her and she said, well, you'll never guess who I flew with. Well, of course, It took only fractions of a second before I searched for my oldest daughter, and I don't think I screamed, but I felt like I did, and said, Jane flew with Betty! (laughs) We were both in shock, him and his daughter, for a while, and it felt like a long journey had finally ended. Every day when I drove to work by Jane's house, I thought, I hope Jane flies with Betty soon, and finally it happened. And then we even got airtime on the podcast about the story, and then even better... A postcard in the mail. (laughs) It's funny how we podcast listeners feel a connection to the podcasters, and you have no idea who we are in podcast land. It's just so fun to know that there's some universal karma that now has been fulfilled for me, and now that Jane and Betty have flown together. (laughs) So in Betty speak, that's about all for now. (laughs) Thank you for your wonderful postcard to us and a moment of fame on the podcast land. And uh, I'm sure you heard a lot, but I'm also sure it never gets old. Your podcast has been such a treat to listen to, and I'm sure you bring joy to so many people. Well, that email brought me joy. So you know that the emotional support animals had become a huge problem, and a lot of the airlines kind of cracked down somewhat on it, which I think is a good thing, because it really had gotten out of hand. And I hate to wag my finger at somebody. You know, I don't want to be a kindergarten cop, but you know, sometimes you have to. And this guy, it wasn't an emotional support dog. He just had his dog on the plane and we're on an eight hour flight and he's got the dog out. You're not supposed to have the dog out. supposed to stay in your carrier. And I'm like, I'm sorry, sir, but you know, your dog is going to have to stay in the carrier. And he's like, I don't, I want, I want the dog out. I need the dog out. And I was like, well, I'm sorry, but you know, those are the rules. I mean, I hate that stuff. But anyway, he comes back to the galley in a huff and he said, well, what, what if I'm an emotional support human for my dog? And I just was kind of looking at him like, hmm? So one of our jump seats on a particular plane, like on a 767, uh, specific types, we had different types of 767s, there's a pullout jump seat and uh, they're different on different planes. It, there's a different closeness to the passenger sitting there. But on this one, you pull it out. And I'm literally shoulder to shoulder with that first class passenger. And this guy is looking at me like, huh? you know, you're, you're sitting here for how long? And uh, I was thinking, hey, uh, can I pick the movie? 
<laughs> hey, uh, can you pick a movie that doesn't need a headset so I can watch while I have to sit here for, you know, in the next 20, 25 minutes? Because <laughs> I was sitting there one day and somebody was watching The Martian. I believe that's the title with Matt Damon where he's on Mars and he's by himself. And it was like the perfect, perfect movie for me to be sitting there without a headphone headset because... Uh, you know, with no audio because he's by himself. You know, there's not a whole bunch of dialogue when you're by yourself. Another time somebody was watching that um, American Ninja Warrior, which is kind of like a obstacle course, which I don't watch um, in general, but it's fantastic <laughs> with no audio because you can tell everything that's going on. Okay, three little slightly off-color stories. Um, there was a guy, we, we had to say, you know, two left is armed and cross-checked, you know. Three right is armed and cross-checked. That's what we just say when the doors are, um, you know, that we've, somebody else has checked us and we've checked the other person. And there was a gay guy and he was like, two left is armed and cross-dressed. <laughs> it does, it is very similar, cross-dressed and cross-checked. And another guy was saying that back when we did the duty-free, there was a flamboyant gay guy and he would say, do me free, do me free do me free. And uh, I was searching to see if anybody had left any um, reviews for Betty Thesky and uh, on Amazon. And I pull it up and you know what comes up under my books for Betty Thesky is, huh, Betty Beauty Color for the hair down there. <laughs> they have different colors. There's brown Betty Betty Beauty Color for the hair down there. So this has happened to me quite a few times because people are very into their phones these days. And it's understandable because you can do so much. You can actually get a lot of work done on your phone. And um, it's happened before where someone has said, I left my phone on my meal tray. And I explained uh, the, the last one, I'm like, you need to look in every pocket. You have a lot of pockets. You're not used to the bag that you're carrying. Look everywhere because 95% of the time you have it. And so this is like halfway through the flight because people don't understand. They think it'd be easy to look at every used food tray, but there's like 250 trays. They're three deep and there's a bunch of trash and used half-eaten food and um, we don't, trash space is a problem, so we put all the used glasses in there. I mean, it's a disaster to try to go through there. And they think it's not going to be a difficult task, but it is. And sure enough, that guy, he found his... Because the thing is, too, we'll notice. We know what the tray weighs. We look at a million trays. Uh, you'll notice, because we have to look to see if anything's too tall to fit in there. So we would notice if there was a phone there. Um, but they don't believe us, you know. They took it! <laughs> That's the other thing they'll say, like, uh, the agent took it. They took my passport. They took it. But usually they have it. Um, it's just people are stressed out, so they act differently. So here's, we're coming in from Zurich. And uh, sure enough, the guy, it's time to leave. And now we're all real motivated to go. We're no longer getting paid. We have commuter flights to catch. And he's like, I left my phone on the meal tray. And it's like, he goes, we just need to look through them. And they don't understand. So we said, come on back to the galley. We're, we'll show you. <laughs> I'm going to show you some of these meal trays. Uh, and um, the girlfriend goes, uh, well, do you have a magnet? You know, we could just use the magnet to find the phone. And I'm thinking, yeah, we have, uh, yeah, I carry in my bag a giant horseshoe-like magnet in the cartoons, you know, just in case. You know, we all have a work magnet. 
Well, that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel around the world together. Thanks. Bye. She's been and tell you where she's going. You'll have some fun, so why not come along? Seat belts are fastened for takeoff, and the signal is strong. Oh, Betty, in the sky, have you heard her yet? She loves traveling, there's no doubt. Betty and the Jets. Oh, she's with Cat's queen She's wearing high heel shoes Got her wings on too You know I've never seen a better stew Betty and the chips As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.